Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. Telling stories from an isolated LA community, match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We are fortunate enough to be joined via Skype call today by Timothy Nickloth, the director of Activation LA for Adidas. Thank you, sir, for joining us remotely. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Hey, yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, it's an honor. And we had mentioned when you first called on, we were definitely been trying to get you on for a while. And we're glad we finally were able to make it work. Yeah, oh, welcome. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I, I was... Um, more excited to talk to you guys <laughs> so um <laughs> well, we're honored. Over, over a skype call yeah welcome to our virtual studio i know i like this <laughs> yeah. you guys have a better setup and I, i'm like hunkered up in the garage right now and i'm looking at all your guys' setup and it's way better we usually go to christian's house where the flag is in the background yeah i was like christian's setup is good yeah so we usually go to christian's house and uh, like we have a whole studio there like it's actually soundproof walls and uh, it's actually a legit setup. His wife like totally, totally hooked us up when we first started out, and that's actually where we record is in Reseda. But obviously now we're all recording from the comforts of our home. Christian looks so proud right now. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, no, well, my wife, my wife's gonna listen to this, and she said if you're gonna do this, you're gonna sound good, and you guys gonna look good. So see, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of good things, and your wife, are we? Yeah, no, we could we could kind of say it. Most people know now. We're expecting, so. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Is this wait? Is this number one? Number one. Ah! Congrats, man. Yeah, I I can tell you so much, but I won't. (laughs) How many kids do you have, Tim? I got two. I'll tell you what, man. This is the best, best thing in the world, but. You know, I had friends a little bit older and younger who tried to tell me, and you just you don't know until you do it. But congratulations, man! That's it, it's it's, it's incredible. Adidas baby, <laughs> I got you. You're set up. Do you guys have uh, kids too, or I do? I have two sons. I got a five year old and a two year old. Oh, uh, so you know, you know. I have bookshelves full of whiskey. That doesn't go well with children. <laughs> so yeah. actually, it might. <laughs> <laughs> More than uh, you know. Great. How old are your kids? My daughter's seven, and my son is gonna be four this year. Oh, nice! Yeah. So yeah, they're they're it's just cool. But um, it, it's funny. I was looking at um, my daughter. Uh, her birthday was today. Um, oh. Here in quarantine, which was interesting, we had a, a drive by uh, with of all the the parents honking because nobody could interact with each other, which is pretty cool. But um, it's funny. My wife and I were looking at photos of my daughter um, earlier today, and there's so many things I just can't even remember those stages. And I know you, you know what I'm talking about, where you're like, whoa, how, like, I don't even remember this. No, and it's, it, you know, that, and there are those moments, too, that you look at and you're like, and it just takes you back. It's just like in that moment, you can almost yeah. relive the whole moment. And it's, yeah, there are definitely, definitely those good times. So you have a lot to look forward to, Christian, you and Tracy both. So congrats. Yeah, look at Christian's guys. eyes just getting bigger. Like, oh. <laughs> Congratulations, indeed, man. That's huge, man. That's absolutely awesome. Nice. I appreciate the love. Thank you, guys. Why don't we get right into it, uh, Timothy? Tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Where did you grow up? You know, were you into any sports as a kid? You know, and how did uh, you know just a little bit about yourself? I was born in Hollywood, lived in LA until I was about ten years old. Moved to Northern California when I was really young, and that's where I discovered uh, skateboarding and and punk music. And you know, I, I mentioned that right away because it was such a big part of my life growing up. You know, kind of kind of a 
maybe not the most stable family environment growing up, you know, like a lot of us at that time, but, um, grew up skateboarding and that was my sport. You know, it's funny because back then you had this really big division between, you know, uh, skateboarders who were kind of seen as antisocial and then traditional sports. Right. So I, I wasn't really big into sports. I did like basketball, but liking it and understanding it were two huge different or very different things. But I, I was definitely more into skateboarding and subculture and, you know, obviously loved music, loved punk music growing up. Um, and I moved back down to L.A. about 20 years ago. I ended up getting a, a job. I was actually uh, in my teenage years, I was skateboarding quite a bit and getting stuff and shoes and the whole thing. And, you know, having the dream of becoming a pro skateboarder. Definitely my ambition was bigger than my talent. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. But uh, I ended up getting a job in the skateboarding industry and moving down and sleeping on an ex-girlfriend's couch for the uh, first six months. That's and and that, that, that's basically <laughs> how, I, how I got back. But to answer your question, I was never really into sports. You know, I, I, I loved I, I wouldn't even say the competition. There, there's certain sports that I liked. Like, um, I think I like basketball because of the swagger of some of the players. You know, like you kind of like be like, oh, you know, this person's like this, et cetera. But I, so I what basketball really teams sport. were you into? Were you were you Golden oh. State Warriors fan? Were you Kings no, fan? No, 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 no. North Kings or? fan. So this is what's crazy. So growing up when I was really young, I loved the Lakers, right? And my parents, same deal. Lakers, living in L.A. But when I lived in Sacramento, because I was in Northern California, that's all they got is the Kings, right? That's it. So like, you know, in, in this, I don't want to date myself too much, even though I already have. But this is like Vladi Divots and Chris yeah. Weber and White Chocolate. And, you know, Stoyakovich. Like, yeah. Stoyakovich, exactly. Yeah. Pejo yeah. is the man. Yeah. So um, I loved, I, and this is, it's funny thinking back, right? Because I now I love sports. I, I, I watch all types of um, different sports. But it was funny back then. I love the rivalry between the Kings and the Lakers. Yeah. Because I was a closet Lakers fan still because I grew up. But then I loved the Kings because they were like the underdog. Yeah. yeah. No, you so. got the cowbells. Hey, yeah, the that? cowbells. And I love Phil Jackson, too. Yeah. That, that's the best part. And I actually, I was living here at that time. And I was still kind of a an outward Kings fan, but it was hard because I was like, I can't be back in Laker Town and Laker Nation talking about the Kings. Yeah. Would have got kicked off my ex-girlfriend's couch. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, um, in theory, you moved back during the middle of a repeat. So. Oh, it was, oh, you yeah. know, as funny as the, yeah. the first, I don't want to say the riot, but the first big gathering in 2000, I, we wandered into it by accident. I was with a good friend of mine. And like I said, I wasn't really into it to be like, oh, watching the playoffs and knowing what game was going on. And we were in Hollywood at the time and just wandered into like, whoa, what's going on? Why is everybody on in the middle of the street? And why are the cat cars bouncing around and the whole nine? But yeah, that, that's uh, one. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, what a it was crazy amazing. experience, you know? Yeah, that was in 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. Not, not a big traditional sport fan until later. Like I, I started discovering sports much later, actually through my time in skateboarding, which is kind of interesting. You came to L.A. What what was the transition into being introduced to soccer? Oh, that's a. Oh, it's, it's a really funny question. My wife played on the junior Olympic soccer team cool. and we met and actually uh, funny enough, she's met David Beckham in three different roles in her life at three different times. Like every 10 years, like <laughs> she's in it. It's so funny. And again, I was telling you earlier about how we're looking at old photos. There's a photo with her. She used to work at Burton and there's a photo with her and Sean White and David Beckham at the Burton store in Hollywood like 10 years ago. But anyway, um, my first introduction to soccer, well, two, 
I grew up in punk music, so I knew about like uh, hooligan culture, if you will, in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just being into punk music and you know, just like oh, there's there's something going on, but I didn't watch any games. So you guys are going to totally hate me, and I can I can already see the eyes. My first interest, and I'm a, I was a casual, and I still am a casual to a certain extent, although like I definitely follow the game much more. But um, my first connection I had was watching the World Cup in Paris in 2006. So my wife, <laughs> so wait, hold on. And we were going to go to, we were going to go to, was it Munich or it was in Berlin? One of the games, but we were, um, we were in Paris at the time um, for work. My, my wife and I actually worked together for a little bit and she loved soccer, like loved it. And I was more of a fan, like, I don't want to watch it. Like, there's no cheerleaders. What are we doing? Like, this is, you know, <laughs> just like, what? just totally like probably the most annoying person to watch a game with. And I, I literally, the energy and everything, and I don't remember what the matchup was, but I was like, whoa, this is like, this is great. This is really cool. Why isn't this happening in the U.S.? Um, oh, wow. That's a crazy first experience of soccer. Oh, yeah. Like, no, like totally. that's... It, was, it was in Europe at the time. And I was in, I remember we were in a French pub and everybody was going crazy. And I was like, this is amazing, right? Because I just love that, the environment. I don't even remember what match it was, but my wife is like an avid player follows the teams, follows the EPL, like she's, she's in it. So I was like probably the most annoying person possible um, <laughs> to be around, which she, she's told me many times. And she laughs now because like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm into MLS and I watch a lot of games. I watch a lot of international games and she's like, Oh really? Like you're getting up at five in the morning. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, it's a uh, pretty funny history there. So, so what teams are you supporting now? Well, here in the States or just in general? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we're hoping LAFC here in the States. Yeah, of course. But, uh, well, hey, I, I am actually, I, I'm neutral because <laughs> I'm right, right in the middle. <laughs> As you should. I, I understand yeah. the politics. Well, everybody tells me they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm right down the middle. I love Los Angeles. I think you like Adidas. I, there you go. <laughs> I love Adidas. But to be honest with you, like, uh, I, uh, FC Bayern. Like, I started watching a lot of the games over the last couple of years. They're great. Um, Mia San Mia. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, what's interesting is I've, I've had the chance to meet a few of the players and not being a massive fan. People get, again, so annoyed. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. My, so, I mean, I've rooted for the German national team my whole life and like half of their team are German national team players. The other half are world-class superstars. So, I mean, so, no matter who you're meeting, but yeah. Oh. Like Sergey, Sergey Nabry, a few of these guys just like hanging out drinking or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, I play for this team or that team. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'm probably like the worst person when it comes to that. Just all like the equivalent of like um, like Harden going to Europe or something and hanging out with you know one of my colleagues over there going, oh, I hung out with some guy with a long beard. So um, (laughs) it's It's true. Yeah, it's true, but it's fun. I mean, I'm very open about it too. I just I I really enjoy people and I I I love talking to athletes. Period. Just in terms of their mindset and everything else. But uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, at Audi to be able to do that and have yeah. that as experience. Uh, you have, you know, you mentioned some underlying themes that you enjoyed counterculture or the lifestyle or casual aspects that lead into a sport. So it seems like the introduction to football or, you know, you know soccer has a lot to do with that. And also a big compliment to your wife to getting you involved with this. But uh, <laughs> how did that role and in your introduction to going into sportswear transition to adidas i mean some of the roles that you do now you know things are different now and and you know you see it in music like 
back in the back in the day. I hate I hate when people say that, but but you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to sound like they're like back in my day when I used to walk uphill. But I, I think if you look historically, like in the eighties and the nineties, there was like these kind of um, everything was divided up, right? Or everything was a niche, right? Like I'm in a punk, or I'm in a hip hop, or I'm into this, and those kind of barriers are like long gone. Like the young people don't really define themselves in that way for the most part. I mean, I'm, there's always going to be certain crews or whatever. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with social media because it's just everything is such a blending now of multiple things where back then you were kind of showing someone what you were into, right? Like you could be like, oh, that guy's a punk rocker or that guy's a jock or whatever, you know, just by the way they dress and the way they look. Where now it's so different. It's really this melting pot of um, everything. But to answer your question, back in the day, I'd always, and you know, very young, I love marketing. It's like kind of my why. Like I, I love youth culture. I love basically branding and how brands tick, I guess you could say. But I always thought like, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if a big brand thought like a small brand? Right. Or a big brand thought in the way of the things that I was seeing, at least in the skateboarding world. That was always fascinating to me. And in the back of my head, I'd, I'd always had a desire to work with a big company for that reason. Like, you know, I, I'm kind of a weird dude. Like, like even with soccer, we were talking about earlier, I told LAFC Rich this. My first experience at an LAFC game, I wrote down how I felt about things. Like, real, I know it sounds really weird and it's probably more of a marketer guy, but like, oh, this is how I feel about this or this is making me feel a certain way. And I was like drawing notes to myself in my iPhone. Uh, I'm sure that really but, appealed to someone like Rich. Oh, yeah. He was just like, oh, look at this casual guy. He's a knucklehead, doesn't know anything. And, you know, this is this is what he thinks. Um, I don't know if he, he thought that, but I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you that he thought that because I know I want to say that. But <laughs> I, I'm literally the and when I say the casual fan, I'm 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 the person that's going in to experience it for the first time, and that's why I kind of you know I understand when people walk into the those the the basically the gates for the first time and they see it and they're like, whoa, I love this, I want to be part of it. Can so, you expand yeah. on some of those thoughts? Can you express those? Yeah, like you mean the first time I went to an LFC game or yeah. just in general? Yeah, remember it really well. I was blown away. Blown away by, multi, like, the, you know, obviously on the pitch, I didn't quite, I understood enough to be like, okay, this player's good or this player needs to work on their defense, wh whatever it is. But I think the ambiance and the energy that was happening in Bank of California Stadium was unlike anything I'd ever seen, ever. And this is, you know, I'd already been working for Audi for, for a bit at that point, and I'd never experienced anything like that. And to see that happening in L.A., a city I love, and with a lot of people that were like me, like a lot of people were like, whoa, this is crazy. But it still, it wasn't like out. Like I'd talk to a lot of people and be like, oh, I went to this game at Bank of California. And they're like, what, where's that? Like, what is that? Like, it's a new stadium. They're like, what stadium? You know, because LA is so big. It's not like how many people are driving down, you know, Figueroa that aren't going to a Lakers game, for example. But I remember just being totally blown away. Um and then immediately after the second game, I hit up LAFC and I said, hey, I would love to take my wife. I want her to see this. And I took my wife and she was like, wow, OK, soccer is, is arriving in the city. And she said that like very like, wow, this is amazing. And then she picked apart the defense of LAFC like <laughs> while we were driving home at the time. So I think it was 2017 or their first game or whatever. But, um, and she had attended games previously in Carson? Oh, yeah. Carson games, international games, 
Um, very, very close to it. And then, like I said, she, you know, well, I don't know if I mentioned this, but she would wake up when we first started dating, she'd, she'd be the one waking up at five 30 to catch whatever game, you know, and I'd be like, what are you like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm watching the game. And I'm like, I'm married to like a soccer jock, you know? <laughs> Buddy, you're describing the inverse of my relationship. <laughs> like everybody else, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah, because that was basically what your wife's role is in this. And then my wife got into it because... Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's true. No, I, no. I tell everybody that. Like, yeah. And I'm not... like I don't pretend, right? Like, I'm like, you know... And obviously, I've caught up a lot in terms of players and the game itself. And it's funny even working at Adidas because I work with a lot of people in soccer who are, like, straight pros. In and out. But they love the fact that I go, oh, well, tell me about this and tell me about that, and, you know, et cetera, because I think they like the point of view of like, I'm really representing not the, the everyday person, but, you know, the person that's getting introduced to it for the first time. Does your wife, does she have to stay neutral also or is she, is she allowed to? <laughs> that's a good question. I will yeah, have to have neutral. her on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More than happy. She's actually, uh, she works for uh, a cosmetics, uh, L'Oreal cosmetics company. And oh, okay. she, uh, before that, she was at another cosmetics company called Stila, and they used to do Victoria Beckham's makeup. So oftentimes, she'd be working closely with Victoria. So there was an allegiance there. I'll just leave it at that. But, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, so she's a Miami fan. I get it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Miami fan, too. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, I, I think we both, we just really appreciate the game. And I think having a more of an understanding. And now... I think LAFC, I will say this, has done something so great for everything, like for the entire MLS. And I tell Rich this all the time, and you know, he, he laughs at me, but I'm like, all ships rise. Because what, what they've done is they've taken someone like myself who was like, you know, not that I didn't care, but it just it wasn't my thing. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, okay. It'd be like if I was watching hockey or something, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go check out games. But it wasn't like I was into it. And you've taken myself, and now I'm trying to tune in the TV to, to, to check out matches. And that's like the best thing that could ever happen to MLS in, in the U.S. right now. Absolutely. So from that standpoint, I, I can say that um, I'm a huge fan of, of what LAFC's done to do that. And really, the rivalry between the two clubs is great. You know, I, I remember having conversations that last game was Laton. I think it was the 5-3 game. Or what was the score? Like 6-4 yeah. or 5-3? Three? 5-3. Three. That five, game. Three. Yeah, it was 5-3, right? That game was so intense and the whole lead up and everybody was stressed out. We got to beat them. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. And I think both clubs felt that like, this is great. This is fantastic for the entire league, right? Just the whole league and the growth of soccer and, and, or the growth of football in the U.S. I, it was just great. You're like cringing at me. Like, what are you talking about? But no, no I mean, I mean that, you know? Oh, I've never heard Los Angeles talk about a soccer game like they have for that particular version of the Derby. Yeah. So no, great, man. It was so great. it was talked about for a week leading up to it. Like, you know, it's something that at least for me growing up watching this sport that I love, is every big rivalry game is like that, right? And in the rest of the world, some cities shut down because that's all people talk about. The cities that stand still for an entire day. The fact that we got a fraction of that for us and um, it affected the city, I think it's only gonna be an incremental growth now in terms of people caring um, and tuning in. And it hasn't even scaled yet. And that's exactly. the thing. It's like, I talk to so many people and they're like, oh, we have another, you know, a team. And, you know, it's such at the infancy, right? And to have that kind of energy, you can imagine five years from now what it'll be like, even if it's not with, you know, the other club or if it's not with Galaxy. It's like, it's really, really exciting. And it's so exciting to actually 
you know, you guys are really part of history. Like it's a, it's a historic thing that's happening in, in LA. I don't say that lightly because, you know, I'm an Angelino. I'm, you know, born and raised for the most part. I love this city, but you're truly part of something really, really special that, you know, in 10, 15 years time, when they're doing the history of these clubs, they're going to be like, and then, you know, the supporter clubs and this is what happened. And the first time they beat galaxy, et cetera, it's really, really special. It's, it's, uh, it's something also that, you know, I carry with me when I go to Germany because a lot of my colleagues will go, Hey, something's happening in LA right now. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's great. You know, cause our, our heritage is with soccer. So it's super exciting to see it happen in your own backyard. We don't take it lightly as far as what we have. I don't think any of us look at this and take it for granted at all. We know that what has happened here is something that is not normal and appreciative only begins to describe, I think, the feelings that we have towards just the entire culture around the team, you know, excluding the amazing product we've seen on the field. Yeah. And then, you know, also, it's funny, uh, none of other sport executives, you see at LAFC games. And what I mean by other sport is other categories of sport. Mm -hmm. You have baseball executives going by to go, whoa. And if you really think about the experience, right? Like, I can't, I love baseball, yeah. right? It's unrivaled. The, the unrivaled. bank experience is un, unrivaled. Yeah. And I'll tell you, though, like, it, it's the entire energy is the way it, it should be, right? And to see also, too, on the other side with the Galaxy, like, they're, they're building something special, too. And I think that that's something that both clubs can really respect about each other in terms of what they're building, what they're doing. And then, you know, like I said, all ships rise. Like, my, my, my hope is that this game in the U.S., like, I, I hope we develop and create players that will play in the World Cup. And that sounds crazy, but I think it's a reality. Like, we're so, you know, in the infancy of, of so many things. Like, it's going to happen. And when it happens, that's the game changer. They'll be like, whoa, so-and-so grew up in L.A. and now he's playing, you know, he's playing for the U.S. team in the World Cup. Like, that, that, that will happen. I'm confident. I think what we'd like right now is just to see players come through MLS and continue to succeed at the next level. I think we're a step away from creating our own talent. If we could at least be a conduit for that talent to make it uh, on a larger scale, then that's going to be the influx of capital and attention into the league that's really going to start that next generation that could, you know, hopefully one day, you know, bring us a cup. That would be amazing. Not that, I mean, obviously our women's team hasn't done so so many times so yeah no and and i shouldn't i shouldn't you know go over that well when i'm talking about just you know obviously the men's team because it's just been it's been pretty rough right women's team is fantastic but you're so right too in terms of but it's starting to happen right like you're seeing it with the players you're starting you know what i mean like the interest of these international clubs and like i said we're a global brand so i hear a lot like whoa what's happening and you know, we're, you know, it's, it's a new phenomenon. I think it's actually going to get even bigger and more exciting as, as we go. So speaking of your time with Adidas, why don't you take us through how your career led you to this position? Sure. So like I said, I, I grew up skateboarding. I worked in the skateboarding industry for many years in many different capacities, right? From PR to design to sales. So pretty multifaceted, which I think made me pretty well-rounded. Probably about seven or eight years ago. It's probably about eight years ago. Maybe seven years ago, two years ago for you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I, I started really getting interested in trying to do something new and just challenge myself. You know, I, I, I love skateboarding. It is who I, you know, it's, it's part of my DNA and what I love, but I wanted to try something new. So I actually ended up working in fashion and actually menswear for a while. 
completely removed. Still a young adult lifestyle. It's actually a boot company that I worked for a few years because I wanted to try something new. Um, I didn't really care for it. I, uh, it just wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. And I think also I really like to challenge myself. So like um, my time working in the skate industry, you'd often hear things like, oh, skateboarding is the, the tip of the spear. Or, you know, it, all the trends come from skate. And I just never, I don't like just hearing those things and believing them. So I wanted to explore other industries and, and see what they were all about. But long story short, so I worked in uh, menswear for a little while. And then I got kind of, well, you know, as it happens sometimes in, in the industry, you have people that reach out and ask you to do other things. So I was tapped to work in electronics, a lifestyle consumer electronics brand that, or brand that works really closely with Apple. And I was there for a little bit and again, just didn't appeal to me. And then another tap on the shoulder was like Adidas had this opportunity of, you know, at this, at this point I had done a lot of global travel. I was traveling quite a bit and it just, it, you know, you know, as we're talking about with kids, it just starts to kind of burn you out a little bit, you know, traveling. You know, when you're young, you're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to experience these new things. But as you have children and, you know, have a family, it becomes like, okay, I got to go somewhere. But the opportunity was to take unorthodox thinking, apply it to a big brand, and it's for basically where I live. So it was really a dream scenario for me. And that was about four years ago or three and a half years ago, that opportunity came my way. And I was so excited. And a brand that I loved and still love to be able to represent the brand and to represent LA at the same time is really kind of a, when I say dream come true, I truly mean that it's, it's just been amazing, you know, and to take kind of, again, this, um, unorthodox thinking and apply it to traditional sport in some way. I mean, how, like how much like LAFC is that if you think about it, right. Um, so that, that's, you know, my journey in a nutshell, in terms of how I got here, you know, anybody who tells you that luck isn't part of their journey is, they're not telling me the truth. You know, hard work, clearly pretty strong work ethic. I'm a passionate guy, but a lot of luck, you know, right place, right time, meeting people and, you know, just how the universe works, I guess, how I'm sitting with you guys right now. So what is a director of activation? What is that role like? What are your sort of primary functions day in and day out? Good question. I do a little bit of everything, which is, is pretty cool. So my role is very entrepreneurial in spirit, meaning I'm, in, I'm a little involved with a ton of stuff. So our headquarters is in Germany in a, a town called Herzogenarik. Our U.S. market is based in Portland. So Germany is still the headquarters. And then Portland, representing the whole U.S., is a market to Germany. And then I'm a market within a market. So if you, if you look at it this way, imagine L.A. is like its own little business, I report into Portland, and then Portland goes back to Germany and says, here's what's happening. So there's a U.S. point of view, L.A. point of view, and a New York point of view. I have a, a colleague in New York as well, and she's amazing. What I do is I work closely with our uh, categories. We call them BUs or business units to bring L.A. to life authentically. So I work with the baseball category. I work with the U.S. football category. I work with the soccer or football category. You know, work with originals, which is a lifestyle piece of our business. 
So I work with each of these categories, but I also work horizontally. And what I mean by that is I work with the social media teams. I work with our digital teams, uh, work out with our PR teams. It's pretty vast in terms of the responsibility. And we have a very small team that just focuses on LA, but it's a lot of fun because we can get involved with a lot of different things and apply an LA point of view to different business opportunities. So like, you know, when I mean the LA point of view is like, what does it take to land our brand authentically in the city of Los Angeles versus a big brand just kind of showing up and going, hey, we're here. And then, you know, you can totally tell the difference between, oh, they clearly understand L.A. versus not. So I don't know that's a long winded answer to the question, but I have well, a long winded, long winded responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, so do, do you find yourself working with one category more than others like how right now everything in the mls is sponsored by adidas right whereas in some of the other sports adidas may not have as big of an influence so do you find yourself spending the majority of your time on something like the mls or uh the originals lifestyle brand uh versus uh you know other categories or adidas skate yeah yeah, and skateboarding too it's Mm -hmm. funny with skateboarding it's um you know obviously coming from that i kind of it, it, it's it's interesting to kind of dip in and dip out of that. It, that's a good question. Yes and no. Adidas has partnerships with the MLS and the NHL. So both soccer and hockey, those are like the partnerships for all the jerseys, et cetera. But we have players in every category, every sport, right? So that said, there are certain things that probably make more sense to be involved with in L.A., so when we do something in LA, like what's happening with LAFC and, and Galaxy, even with Chicharito um, a- arriving, that's a big deal for our brand. It's a big deal for LA. So I'll spend more time there, but I am, you know, spread throughout. Like we have a we have partnerships with NBA teams here in LA. Won't be as big of a scale, but I'll be involved with certain things. The Clippers, for example, Patrick Beverly is part of the Adidas family. So depending on the game that's coming up, maybe I'm involved, but um, it really depends. Um, I am a little involved with everything, but certain things, yeah, probably a little bit more effort. You know, one thing I do do quite a bit is merging the lifestyle piece against the sport. So, you know, originals and LAFC coming together has been pretty exciting because if you think of traditional soccer, you know, if I, if I went to to a group that didn't know what was happening in L.A. and I started talking about traditional soccer, you're probably like, what? Like, but then you go to the game and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that that's really where my role comes in to go, look, there's something exciting happening here. There's an opportunity for us to reach new people. Let's bring things together, so to speak. Does that answer your question? Again, long yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. You know, and it's uh, it is it's it's interesting, you know, just to just to hear all the different facets and aspects of it, you know, and, and you had said something about, you know, merging the lifestyle and, and you know, trying to get, you know, the, the lifestyle brand and just the cultures. You're trying to merge the cultures and it made us think it made me think about how we had Jaime Camille on a couple of episodes ago and he talked about the Adidas LAFC sneakers Ultra that uh, yeah. oh, the Ultra Boots. I made those uh, for him. Uh, there was like five so we made a few pairs. Um, right. some of which we just did to honor people like we made a pair for magic and will but and we keep them dl like we don't you know it's like really we didn't want to pu- publicize them like jaime was because he's such a passionate fan i actually invited him by our office downtown i said would you like to come by i got something for you and i met him actually through rich he's such he's such a cool guy him and colin hank so these guys are just great but i invited jaime by the uh by the office 
not to it was interesting i just knew how big of a fan he was so i was like oh he's gonna he's gonna freak out when he sees these so it was it was almost more like i was excited for him to get them (laughs) more than him (laughs) like like i was literally because i know he's such a huge fan i swear when he came by i thought he was gonna cry he's like oh my god that was like a one-off what what i did is i had um internally adidas we have a guy who does um custom painting so a lot of times if you watch like especially US football but you'll you'll see a, a football game and somebody's on their cleat they're they're you know there's like a member in memorandum to someone or, or you know you one guys the, see this yeah one of the causes yeah one of the causes or whatever yeah what, whatever is happening you know so he does all of those I knew that that Jaime was going to lose it so I was like we have to make him a pair which he did and then we had it like put in this like amazing box and there was case, a pitch yeah. yeah the whole the whole thing I was like, I have to make it good enough where if you have people over to your house, they're like, what are those? But, I, um, I definitely know, I like Jonathan Christian and I have all talked about, because uh, we all have been buying, you know, Adidas Adidas brand shoes, living the three-stripe life and stuff like that. And uh, you guys are uh, amazing. You know, it's, we're definitely trying to find a pair that's, you know, black and gold that we would all wear. Like, you know, uh, I we'll know We'll talk that, uh, offline. I got you guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody listen. Yeah, dude. Everybody listening right now, like, whatever. Like, I'm going to get this guy's info, but hit me up offline. I got you black gold for sure. Uh, so are you familiar? Uh, have you, has it crossed your radar, the whole three stripes on the rail or the holding up the three stripe shoe, the left footed shoe, whenever Vela scores, some oh, of the stuff that happens at LAFC games. So, and you, know I mean, what was, you know what's so dope about this? I got to tell you, is that it's organic. Like, I hate fake stuff. I mean, this, is, this just comes from, like, like my background. Like, I don't I, – I am all about authenticity, right? Like, you rep what you rep and you're down. Like, I don't like things that are fake or planned. But when Rich sent me this, he's like, look what everybody's doing. And everybody's got sambas. And they're like, you know, it was amazing. They're like, you know, putting the shoes in the air. Like, it, it's awesome. And I actually uh, met with Carlos probably about three or four months ago. And he was just like, you, you see everybody? I was like, yeah. It was, it was, uh, awesome. And he's such a great guy, too. But when those things happen organically, it just becomes really special, right? Like, it just makes it that much cool. It's not like some brand thing. It's just like, yeah, like, uh, you know, especially with the 3252. And they, they love the brand so much. And, you know, and, anytime and, I have an opportunity it- to give back, I do. And now it's starting to trickle throughout the stadium. You know, I know that now it's one of those things that's catching on because there's people that have done it in pockets and other parts of the stadium outside of the 3252 that now whenever Vela scores, you just take your shoe off and you throw it up in the air, man. And it's, it's, uh, it's, but it's definitely it. when that guy scores it. with both his feet, it's going to be both shoes in the air. Man. <laughs> no, man, I, I, black and gold, it's funny because what I, what I told Rich is that any black and gold colorways come in, like I always like pull them aside. And then I, I send a note. So I'll make sure you guys know about that. Neat. And uh, sorry for all of your listeners right now, like going, yeah, awesome. Thank you. I'll go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, well, hopefully- it's funny because whenever I see the black and gold ones, I always go, oh, there they are. And then like, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully we'll someday in the future, too. there's a partnership there that brings us something that might even roll through that HQ store, you know, where, I mean, I'm sure you could sell at least uh, 3,252 of those, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure wheels are moving there. Uh, what, was the story, what was the story behind the Adidas shoe that came out last season where it was a Los Angeles shoe and it had the, like, talk what? about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. We don't want to talk about it. Hey, we, uh, cop, we copped them it. anyway. We copped them anyway. But no, we did. We all copped yeah, them anyways, you know. Okay, so make up for that. We, we've got another one coming your way. We don't want to talk about that one. Okay. 
there was a uh, there was a uh, there's a lot of mix up. I'll leave it at that. So it's all good. There's a, there's there's something beautiful that will be uh, on your your doorstep shortly. So sure. speaking of LAFC partnerships, can you take us through how your partnership working with LAFC started? What was that relationship between Adidas and LAFC like? Sure. So again, I can speak to it from an LA perspective, obviously not working directly with soccer, although I do I do work pretty closely with the MLS, so which is pretty cool. Basically, you know, having the partnership with the MLS means that, you know, again, we do all the jerseys, we work really closely with the league, and when they established LAFC, it was really exciting because a lot of the the ownership involved, right? So you're talking about a lot of really respected people in LA and then of course you mentioned Magic Johnson and he's you know, it's magic, right? Or you, you know, you you talk to you know even about some of the other ownerships. So there was a lot of interest in like, what is this? But it's still, I remember at the time, it wasn't really known. It was like, well, what's this going to be? Are they just throwing money at soccer? You know, there there wasn't really this understanding. And obviously, the thirty two fifty two was doing what it was doing behind the scenes. So when I first started working with LAFC, it came through our soccer business unit, right? So I was working closely with soccer. And at the time, they said, hey, um, there's a new club there. You've seen the stadium, and the stadium was being built at that time. We'd love to introduce you to get to know each other. And that's actually the first time I had met Rich and Kristen and Natalia and Pat and um, really the Ben, the whole, the whole squad. Yeah, the front, yeah, the whole street team, front office. Uh, yeah. You know, the and half of those guys are skaters, right? So, like, oh, yeah. you know, we started talking, and it's like Pat's, like, talking about skateboarding and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is great, right? And that in the beginning, it was kind of like didn't really know what it was going to be. Like, really didn't. And, you know, I saw some gatherings of the 3252, like, for, you know, it was before the stadium was there. I'm trying to remember. It's because it kind of blends in. But no one really knew what it was. And then after that first game was like, whoa, okay, something's happening here. So the relationship got a little bit closer in terms of, hey, how do we, you know, how can we help to support this growing club or this new club, right? Because it was, it was just so exciting. So initially it was a lot about like how do we support and, and how do we help? And what I mean by support and, and provide a platform is like how do we use Adidas as this bigger thing to help kind of grow soccer as a whole? obviously grow the league. How do you scale what was happening at LAFC, right? And what I mean by that is because Atlanta, you really had at that time, Atlanta United, which was like, again, like lightning in, in a bottle. You had LAFC. And, and again, it's not to diminish any of the clubs, but it was like, whoa, this is, this is really, really exciting, right? So the immediate thought on the Adidas side was like, how do we, how do we help you? How do we continue the momentum? Um, what do you need? Over time, it's kind of transitioned in terms of like, hey, let's let's build a really uh, strong partnership together between the club and and the brand, and that comes to life in the way of shoes. It comes in the life in terms of players, you know, you, you name it. There's a lot of different ways that 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 kind of locks up, if you will. Or even the thirty two fifty two. I had the opportunity to talk to the leadership, which was great, and not to go, hey, this is why Adidas is great. It wasn't about that. It was more so like, hey, this is who I am. Here's how the brand's involved. And if you like the brand, awesome. And if you don't, that's cool too. You know what I mean? Like, so right. I think that that kind of, uh, it's not like any other sport. And it's not like any other sport that I can think of. Like, I've been involved with a lot of different teams and players. And it's, uh, it's much more transactional than, than you see what LSU's built. And that, that's what's really exciting about it, right? And I think in the other, the, the other teams are taking note. 
So they're like, we want that because we don't like the transactional stuff, right? Like you, like anything that's really great and strong, there's this organic family aspect to it. So, you know, to answer the question, it's just, it's just working closely in terms of how do we help LAFC achieve their goals? You know, how can LAFC help Adidas achieve its goals, right? I wonder so, how the landscape has significantly changed since LAFC has, you know, come to fruition, right? Because there was soccer in Los Angeles County for <laughs> a number of years, right? And Adidas has been around the MLS for a long time, and, and, and definitely it's been um, a focal point in Los Angeles for a number of years. But it just, I feel like Adidas has definitely been more prominent in in LA and around LA in the last three years. And I, I just don't know if that's thanks a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I appreciate, I, I, no, I appreciate it. I'm like, that's me. I love it. It's good. That's when I started uh, working. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's me and three other guys. That's perfect. Yeah. Job security. No, no man, I, 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 I definitely that. do feel like Adidas has made a, 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 a huge name. I mean, it's a huge brand, right? It's a global brand, but I'm just saying in LA, I feel like it's definitely been more of a, a, a focal point. In the in the clothing culture, than it has been in a lot of the years that I was growing up. Awesome. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. As much as I'd love to say I started three and a half years ago or whatever, so I'd appreciate. No, I'm just kidding. But I think uh, what five years ago the company started a thing called creating the new, and it was the five year growth strategy of the company. And there's three prongs to it. And when I when I mention them, that'll totally make sense. Key cities which is basically meaning that where culture and sport happen and where our consumers live are in six to eight or actually six to 12 cities globally, right? We, at the time, identified six cities um, in the US, LA, and New York being the two most important cities. Not to say that Chicago and Miami aren't important, they are, but to say, hey, LA and New York are, are very, very important to our business. Speed which means digital, right? How quickly can we get to the market with progressive products, um, be ahead of the game? You know, at the time, the sportswear industry was very stale. It was like the same shoe over and over again, just flipped like a bunch of different ways. And at the time, you know, Adidas was coming out with the NMD or new Yeezys. And then lastly, open source. And what open source is, is looking to people outside of Adidas to inspire Adidas. Kanye West, Beyonce Knowles, Pharrell, that's where those partnerships came in. So, you know, when you think about the partnerships with Adidas, it was always strategic over the last five-year framework. Key city speed and open source. So I think part of the reason that you're seeing like this this focus on LA is because we spend quite a bit of money in LA uh, to make sure that we have residents here. And that comes from our headquarters, meaning that we're going to invest in things that matter to the city of Los Angeles. And then a very small part of it is myself. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. What are some of the future plans that are on the horizon for Adidas? You know, some of the things that you are really looking forward to. Things to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to not being in quarantine. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to going to another match. Number two. And I, I told it was so um, Colin, who we were just talking about earlier. I was. It was right at the beginning of this thing, and I was hitting him up, texting him. I'm like, if they stop MLS, I'm going to friggin' lose it. And literally, like, three right. days later, it happened. I was just like, no. But um, Right before the Cruz Azul match, too, man. That was yes. such a bummer that we couldn't get no, that match. And, oh, man. So rough. 
I think what I'm I'm probably the most excited for, I mean, is getting through 2020. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's this year. Look, man, I love LA. The the punches we've taken this year of just like from just, you know, Kobe's passing to this. It's just like, I'm like control all the lead on 2020. Let's get on 2021. <laughs> That's how yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, Kobe Bryant was, he was a, a very prominent figure of the Adidas family. Uh, so what was that like at Adidas LA when, when he passed away? Oh, it was horrible. I mean, we, you know, regardless of brand, we, you know, he's an icon. He's, he's, you know, and really the Kobe represents the things that a lot of people don't, I mean, unless you live here, but Kobe represents really what LA is all about, which is hard work, hustle, get it done, make it happen. And I think that that, those things that, you know, he, he was so known for, like that cut deep to the city, like that cut deep. I mean, of course the player and, you know, um, but that cut deep. I think that, that, that resonance of the everyday hardworking person living in LA trying to make ends meet, that's, that was Kobe Bryant, you know? So, you know, from Adidas perspective, we were heartbroken. You know, we don't, you don't look at brand at that point, you know, obviously he was part of the Adidas brand early in his career, but he was just an amazing person. And so you, you just feel, you, you know, number one, it's just horrible, but then you, you feel for the city as a whole, you know? And I remember a lot of my uh, Adidas colleagues reaching out and going, Oh my God, this is just so horrible for Los Angeles, you know? So you know, when I say sport gets really thrown out the window, it, it truly did, you know, and people don't look at brands or this or that. It's just no one cares at that point, you know. So to start the year that way, yeah. which was, you know, I cried, you know, it was, it was it literally broke down. I hadn't cried probably since my, my daughter or my son was born. And I sat there just, you know, watching TV crying. And then to go to this, like t- two months later, I'm like, All right. I don't know. Who pissed somebody off, but we got to re- reboot this year. So I'm, you know, looking forward to getting to the other side of this, and and this is a different kind of pain because, again, it's a, uh, you know, there's things that I think we're learning about ourselves as people, but I think the thing that that's the hardest for all of us is just not being connected with one another in a way like through sport, right? Like, I was so looking forward to seeing these matches, and you're just like. Ugh. You know, like it's it's tough. Um, yeah, we have some cool shoes coming out. <laughs> I, hey. I know that. that. That's another thing. I'm, I'm like, we have a bunch of cool stuff that's going to come out, but that happens every year. You know what I mean? But me personally, like, I'm looking forward to New Year's. So, how are you keeping yourself sane throughout isolation? You know, like it's weird. Like I don't, and, and probably like you guys, man. Like you guys are are working so hard. Like you, you were saying earlier, twelve hours a day. Mine's unique, right? I I, uh, I have both kids at home. So we homeschool and then they're on school on the internet, right? Do homework. And then I have Skype calls literally all day. And the Skype calls are with different categories of people in their homes. And it's so cool. And, you know, the one thing I have to say is that I really have appreciated about this is to see people in their natural environment, like breaks down this, like the (laughs) office walls, right? Like, you're like, oh, I see your kitchen. You got to pick up. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> like, that that part has been has been great, but you know it's tough right now. I think I think this fourth week or third week is really starting to wear on people. And what I mean by wear on people is just like you don't have the boundaries of work and personal. 
right? Like you, you're kind of like, you know, when you drive to work, you're like, Oh, I'm at work. And you're like, that kind of just goes away. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a little hard on, on some people, but I, I think we're, I think we're acclimating to it. Okay. The schooling and work, you know, God bless our teachers. I literally say that all the time. Like they're, you know, I, I see my daughter's teacher on her internet class and I'm like, what a wonderful person. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, trying to, trying to stay sane and, you know, I, I, I hope we get a lot of learning out of this and I, I, I hope it changes things like in, in, in several ways that are going to be really good for society as a whole. And then I also hope this never happens again. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like a lot of people are going to appreciate a lot of the smaller subtleties of life. I would like to think you know, as, and such a thing as shaking hands or seeing friends or, you know, uh, for a long time, I think the narrative has been people are so detached socially uh, and that, that there's all this technology and it's taken away from the actual human experience of things. And now that all we have is technology, that people are desiring that human experience more than ever. And I hope that that carries on, you know, uh, for the appreciation of things like that. Yo, my wife said the exact same thing. And it's funny, I, I was like, you know, I think earlier I was like, oh, you know, people will start, you know, using video Skype more often. My wife's like, no, the desire for this personal connection. And I love people, man. Like, I love, like, high-fiving people. And, like, but that desire for personal connection and humanity. And she's like, that's, I think, you know, what people realize they miss so much. I think I forget it because I just love being around people all the time. So, you're totally right. It's so weird. This whole thing is just weird. Like the, it's just weird. Like it's weird. Like I went to like I grabbed Chinese food tonight, right? And I go there. It's right by this Costco, and I'm going to the Costco. Everybody's wearing a mask. They're all like the six feet, right? And I'm just like, like what weird universe? And then I go to the Chinese place, right? It's the Panda Express or whatever. And like I'm sitting there, and literally like there's three people in there, and they're all spaced out. Everybody's got face masks, and I'm like. How do we get out of this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I just want to like, I don't know. I want to, I want to get out of this really you quick. Snap and have it go back to normal because it is. It's, it's an awkward, you know, not normal. It's not a normal thing for us to see. And but Jonathan was saying yesterday when we were talking, Jonathan was saying that it might be the new normal. It, it that you see a lot of people still wearing these masks right. after the virus is gone, just because that's now going to be part of something that that some people are going to want to have as a prevent preventative measure in the event that something what do you like guys this happens do you, again. Do you guys feel that that's, that's where it's headed? Like, what do you guys think? I think there are certain people that are going to come out of this experience with different behaviors and mannerisms than most of us will. I think when this ends, most of us will rejoice that it's over and for the most part, go back to our lives as we knew it. But there are going to be some small changes, and I think some people are going to take those changes and manifest in it their own insecurities or parts about them that they need to reinforce. And so I sadly think there's going to be some people that are never going to take the mask off. That bums me out. You know, and I think this is going to have an impression. You know, I mean, you see it in people that and by no means is this equivalent to. But, you know, like when you talk to people that, you know, survived a World War Two or, you know, survived a Vietnam or something like that. And even if they weren't involved in the horrific parts of it, the people who still experienced it culturally came out of it with different interpretations about daily life. And I think there are some people that sadly, uh, in the end of this, are not going to be able to put aside some of the fear of something you can't see. Yeah, man. Well said. It's 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 crazy because you 
you know, it, it's funny. You even think like you, you picture like the NBA guys doing their handshakes and the whole thing. Like, what, what what's going to happen now? Does this be like doing air shakes and then like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> or something as something as simple as jump for LA Football Club? You know, um, you know. Oh, in, in don't the North even End. go there. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, I mean, I will say I've seen True. LAFC branded masks already, and I think they're here to stay. Yep. yep. Well, I, I I bought one just to hold on to because I, you know what, in in thirty years, fifty years from now, that's that's going to be something to talk about in the history of LAFC. It's like, hey, I've got this mask, and this was a mask that was made because during LAFC's uh, third season, the twenty fifth anniversary of the MLS. You know, we had this whole this whole coronavirus thing, and this is just something like almost like a, a time capsule memory piece from it. Yeah, hopefully that's all it is. Hopefully this all goes away, yeah. and uh, we can go back to normal things and stop talking about crazy zoo owners and all the other weird stuff. <laughs> Don't even get me on. started on that one, man. <laughs> all yeah, right, I'll so uh, a new episode of that thing coming out on on Monday or Sunday. I'm all uh, over. It. I well, heard before. <laughs> Before she did it, right? Call... She did it. Hold yeah, that's on. that's what I gotta know. I gotta oh. know. Is Carol guilty? <laughs> wait, 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 before we go, did she do it or not? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> you're supposed to answer. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, she yes. rubbed him down in sardine <laughs> oil. Oh yeah, hundred percent. How'd she do it? Did the tiger eat him or what? Oh, tiger, for sure, for sure. Chopped that's him up, sardine oil. Yeah, I mean, you saw those things. I mean, yeah. they grab a whole leg of cow and run off with it, and that was the end of it. I mean. They could clean up a body in no time. Uh, what's the movie? Um, um, a Snatch with Brad Pitt, right? Never trust a man who owns a pig farm. Like, By never trust way, a woman who owns a lion zoo. That is my favorite top five movie, hands down. Oh, I love Snatch. Oh, Snatch it's a great so movie. Good. Yeah. yeah, the Pikey. <laughs> what do you guy think, Ritchie? Timothy? Those Guy Ritchie movies are so good. Oh, what, what that movie's think? brilliant, start to finish. Yeah, yes or no? amazing. I think Guy Ritchie's amazing. I think she fed her husband to a tiger. <laughs> yeah all right so uh in all seriousness before we let you go the name of the show is shoulder to shoulder and every guest that comes on the show we have one question and is your interpretation of that phrase so sir what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you family family in la like i i just you know it's 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 family man like seriously and i i don't say that lightly i just when i think of when i think of what's been created it, it hasn't been created. It's real. It's like a, it's just a family of really like-minded people. So yeah, family. I don't know why it popped in my head. That's great. That's, I love that answer. Well, if you want to follow our guest, Timothy Nikloff, you can find him on Instagram at Timothy Nikloff. Uh, that's <laughs> T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-N-I-C-K-L-O-F-F. -F. Did I get that right? You got it right. That was perfect. If you Brilliant. want to follow Timothy, follow Timothy. That's perfect. <laughs> by the way, uh, I, I love your voice, by the way. You, yes. you got the voice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jonathan, Mom, Jonathan definitely This is like, you start broadcasting, it'll be like Howard Stern. It'll be like, oh, yeah, we met back in the day. I did this interview. Yeah, he's on it. Hopefully, if I ever broadcast, it's not like Howard Stern. But, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the voice. The yeah. voice. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please follow at Adidas. Uh, you know, Adidas, if you ever want to sponsor the show, we could be open to that. I mean, it might take some you. negotiating for you to land us. But uh, if you're interested, we might be able to work that out for you. <laughs> uh, they, I, I got you. I got some black gold shoes with your names on it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and I'm not uh, looking either. Thank you so oh, much for good, coming on the show, man. sir. Thank, thank you, you thank you. Christian, congratulations to you and your wife, man. Really stoked. Congrats, you guys Christian. got a little baby boy on the way. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
So on behalf of Chris, Christian, Wilton, myself, and our guest, Timothy, thank you everyone for listening. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. Stay in your house. And with that, <laughs> take us home, Sticks. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.